So today we're going to talk about, uh, we're going to do a security update. Last year we did a full session, so this year we're doing an abbreviated session just to focus on the most uh, hot topics in IT security. The first we're going to talk about is the Internet of Things, and then we're going to talk about wireless and the security of wireless. So the first, the Internet of Things. Does anybody, if you, I want to take a poll. As, who, has, who has heard of the Internet of Things, IoT? It's quite a few of you. Okay, great. I love that. So uh, for those that didn't uh, th raise their hand, it's really the exchange of data from devices to a uh, computer application and then the analysis of those data and then a response back to the actual device itself. Sometimes it's not always two-way. It could be a single way, but uh, many times to make use of these devices and to create smart devices, there's this interchange of data going both ways. So some examples. Who here has a Fitbit? All right. Who has a Nest thermostat? Do we have any Tesla drivers? Oh, this not-for-profit. That's right. <laughs> okay. Um, I actually have a hot water heater that I can uh, I could go use my iPhone and I can change the setting to make it hot or colder or even put it on vacation mode. So I was at the airport and I'm like, oh geez, you know, did I turn on vacation mode? Oh, no worries. Get on my app on my phone, turn on vacation mode. And that's, that could be a good thing, right? I could be saving energy, but there's implications here and we're going to talk about some of those implications shortly. So those were some home examples and, and it's getting to be crazy refrigerators. I was looking at a dishwasher the other day and they said it could send messages back to Mila and the Mila guys could figure out what's going on with it. I thought that was great. And there's refrigerators that could tell you when you need milk. I mean, I mean how great is that? So, so that's great. That's the home side. But then there's the office side. So on the office side we have printers, we have alarm systems, we have even soda machines, maybe not at your locations, but we do have soda machines uh, out there that are uh, the Internet of Things. And if you are in healthcare, there are many devices in the healthcare industry that are inside the healthcare facilities that are also the Internet of Things. So these are all great things. But in Gartner Group says, as of 2020, they estimate there will be 26 billion of these devices connected. So this is going to be an explosion of the Internet of Things. So how do these things work? Well, let's just use the Nest thermostat for an example. With the Nest thermostat, it, it, uh, if you set it to the automatic mode, it, it senses when you're home, when you're in that room. And it, it uh, gathers information over a period of time, and it actually learns when you're home. And if you tell it how hot you want it to be at that point, it will interpret that you're going to be at home at this specific time in that room and it will have the temperature uh, at the setting that you want. And that's a wonderful thing. And you can go onto your phone and you can modify the schedule or program it whatever way you want. It sends a signal uh, over to your, uh, your internet, right, your, I'm sorry, through, your, uh, through the wireless, through your Wi-Fi router, and then that goes on over to the internet, whether you have Comcast, uh, Verizon Fios, AT&T, whatever it is, it goes on the internet. So that's where we get a little fuzzy and we're like, geez, you know, 
I wasn't too psyched about the wireless part. I'm even less psyched about the internet part. Um, but then it goes into this application on the phone, and that's great because I could control my thermostat from this phone. That's a wonderful thing. But yeah, there are security concerns for sure. We're going to talk about them. The first is about passwords. So there's a couple of things about passwords I want, to, I want you to think about. The first is each of your organizations have minimum standards for password parameters. It has to be complex, long, maybe eight characters. Uh, if, if, it, uh, if you use the wrong password, it may lock it out for a period of time. This you have already using Active Directory right, in your network. But the challenge with the Internet of Things is it doesn't necessarily conform to the same standard that you have. So the question I pose to you is, would you relax your standard for a device? Probably not, because then now that becomes the point of compromise. Also, these devices have default passwords. And those default passwords are sometimes very well known. User accounts. Just like passwords, there are default user accounts, usually named admin. What a surprise. The challenge with having these admin, uh, uh, these accounts by default with passwords by default is there is an open source um, botnet attack that can occur that looks for the most common, uh, the default, 60 of the default passwords and username combinations. And it will go out there scanning the internet trying to find where these Internet of Things devices are. And just last year, a company called Dyn, which controls a large portion of the internet, actually went down from a distributed de denial of service attack. So these, this could happen to your these could happen to your devices. And in fact, there was a college uh, and an attack that was uh, a bot uh, attack. So it, it programmed those malware that got fed onto the devices. And the devices were, were sending out signals constantly about fish. And nobody could understand, what's this all going on about fish? But it was also a denial of service attack, because when you have hundreds of thousands of devices trying to attack on the same thing, it floods the, the network and communications go down. Patching. So you, you think you're saved, right? You're like, oh, it's a blessing. They have patches out there. So the good thing about patches is that uh, patches theoretically could contain security updates. That's a good thing. But the challenge is, when dealing with uh, Internet of Things, these pieces of software are not commercial software. So the patches that you get are typically so you have a better experience here, not a, not a more secure experience end-to-end. -end. And that becomes the challenge. If I think, you know, we, we also we criticize Microsoft, right? They have a, uh, you know, Windows 2003, and then they say, by the way, as of this date, it is no longer going to be supported. And we're like, darn those Microsoft people, just a scam to get us to buy more software, right? Well, that's a good thing in some ways, because they're telling us when the last date of support would be. The trouble with the Internet of Things is we do not get these updates. And there's ne often never a sunset date. But the manufacturer will stop developing both for the user experience and for the security experience as well. And we don't know when they've sunsetted, because they don't tell us. They don't tell us and there's nothing being developed for security purposes for those patches, we now are exposed once again. So at least Microsoft tell, uh, tells us. But you know, having, uh, having the auto updates also sounds like a great thing too. 
But just recently in Lenovo, this, this very brand of laptop I'm using today actually introduced malware into their auto update. And they didn't even know it. So here we're thinking we're all secure and Lenovo's rolling out these patches and, and they're, they're killing us here. So then another patch to fix the security issue that they actually introduced. So also uh, communication protocols, you know, and specifically we're talking about encryption here. So the question is, are those data valuable to you? If they get intercepted, is there an issue to it? Would you want me to know what's going on with your Nest thermostat? Because if I find out that your Nest goes on at this time, but not at that time, guess what that means? That means you're not home for those other times. I don't even have to drive to your house to figure that out. So source code. So, um, so there's, for commercial software, for web applications, there's this project called the Open Web Application Security Project. And there's 10 top items that the security project calls for us to go out and test with the software. Things like if I get onto that application, can I trick it by doing a sequence of commands to try and get, it to, to try and get into it so I can then use it for some other purpose? So the challenge is commercial software is, it has these tests done. It's called an OWASP. But the Internet of Things is not that mature right now. So this software is not to the commercial standard. And that's where we run into problems. So forget about SOC reports, ISO, NIST, cybersecurity, and high trust. They have typically nothing. And once back again to this concept of privacy, if, do you, are you OK with people knowing that these data are being broadcast? So maybe you don't care about uh, your Nest, but would you care if there was a machine in the healthcare environment that was transmitting patient data? Would you care about your Fitbit? I mean, there's a lot. Would you care if I was able to break into your car because you owned a Jeep and I could turn on your wipers or turn off your engine while you're on the freeway? You know, the, the, the implications are big here. And even think about, you, you, we're talking about a lot of home uh, applications here, but you know, even the smart TVs, they, some of them have cameras on top of them. You know, who uses a smart TV in their conference room to display things as opposed to a projector? Is it, do you guys do that? I go into many, many organizations that have these smart TVs. Well, I could theoretically listen to your conferences. You wouldn't want that. Right? So what can you do? All right, so here's the meat. So the first thing you need to do is find out what you have. What I find is IT does not necessarily know what you even have. So if you don't know what you have, you can't mitigate anything. Once you know what you have, you can assess the risks and plan accordingly. Patching. Make sure you're up to date and vet out how that manufacturer is in terms of giving security patches specifically. What are the most current, uh, uh, what, uh, do they use the most secure ways of communicating? So this is when you're vetting out the uh, Internet of Things to be placed in your environment. And then how, if you are going to have this Internet of Things, and we think of uh, breaking, uh, using the, the Internet of Things device to get into your network, if you've segregated your network, you've effectively blocked me from getting over to other portions of your network. So we highly recommend segregation. Uh, this is something that our clients have us do often enough, is to perform vulnerability assessments and penetration tests 
and fishing expeditions. And I can tell you, uh, people have great confidence in their IT departments. I think that's wonderful. But there's no way a single individual or a couple of people can know everything to be able to keep you secure. So when we go in and we, we test for vulnerability, we typically find a multitude of critical and high-risk items that IT needs to take care of immediately. You know, who's, who here feels that they're patched all the time? If you do, then that's living, living a delusion because nobody's patched all the time. That's the thing. The question is, how, how well patched are you? And are you patching the right things? And then when I think about phishing, recently we went into uh, a not-for-profit and we did a phishing uh, expedition and we came out, our campaign yielded 26% of the organization actually opened up the email. It's 26%. And by the way, this was in a HIPAA environment, right? So we, we think, you know, 26%, but 26% in HIPAA, that's really, really bad. So of that 26%, so of the population, 11% of the population clicked on the link in the email. So you know, once you click on the link, kiss of death, you're done. Because I've now downloaded malware potentially onto your devices, right? And once I get onto a couple devices, I will, I will permeate through the entire network. And of the 11% of the population, 4% of the population actually submitted their password because we sent out our phishing expedition to look like an email from the IT department to change their password. So now I have the keys from a lot for 4% of the population. That is absurd. But I guarantee you, if you think you're immune to it, you're not. Because I can design other phishing expeditions that are much more capturing and intriguing for people to open up. So also, you know, when dealing with phishing, the biggest thing we tell people to do is get to train your people. Data security is not an IT responsibility. It's a company-wide responsibility. And data owners need to be personally responsible for their data. On that phishing expedition, we're going to do a retest after they've actually trained. So I did have another client, by the way, and nobody responded. But it was a client out in Germany, and they're a software company, and they're really, really rigid about things. And that was OK. I thought that was wonderful. But that's not the case with, mo with most. So wireless. Are we secure? All right, Who's, who got onto the wireless at Marriott today? Yeah, I thought so, okay, all right. Well, first of all, I want you to know Mr. Anderson, he is our ethical hacker, extremely stealthy, so stealthy that there's only two people in this room that actually know what he looks like, all right? And we recently sent Mr. Anderson off to Starbucks for an adventure. Two hours of drinking macchiatos and lattes double the caffeine, double shots, and lots of sugar. And in the meantime, for that two-hour period, we asked Mr. Anderson to see what he could find. And what he found was, when he set the SSID of his fake wireless to Starbucks free Wi-Fi, 14 people got onto that Wi-Fi. Mm, yeah, not so good. All right. So, you have gotten on to the Marriott Wi-Fi, or so you think. <laughs> no, actually, you did. 
we, we, didn't, we didn't help them spoof you guys. Our marketing department and legal department told us to keep it, keep it calm. <laughs> but, so you signed on to the Marriott Wi-Fi, but logging on to the Marriott Wi-Fi also exposes you. The problem is we are all on the Marriott Wi-Fi. So being on the Marriott Wi-Fi, you know what we could see? Somebody had iTunes going. You want me to tell you which song? No, no, I won't tell you. I don't want to embarrass anybody. We could see file downloads, all right? Unencrypted file downloads. We could see encrypted file downloads. We could see the pictures that people were downloading. And I really don't want to embarrass anybody here. <laughs> so I won't talk about that. But, but the fact is, if, I can, if we were all on the Marriott Wi-Fi and you thought you were secure, the fact is you're not. Because we can traverse all of those computers signals going to and from the Wi-Fi. If, if you were attached to your banking app, you know what we would do? We would kick you off the Wi-Fi, force you off. We would raise up the power of our Wi-Fi, have the SSID name the same, and then you'd get back on. Your device would automatically get back on. When it got back on, now we would have the key to be able to decrypt the banking traffic that you have. So just really think about this, you know, as to how this exposes you. 